this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome to the show, welcome to Wednesday afternoon, and welcome to Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network. We are covering Deepwater Horizon today, Peterberg's brand new Dockbuster epic. This movie is awesome, he's redefining the disaster dock buster genre and we're going to cover the whole thing and break it down for our action movie anatomy we'll see you guys in just a sec welcome to popcorn talk featuring movie discussion news and interviews popcorn talk we talk movies and now here's popcorn talks action movie anatomy boom God, this is melancholy. It's like, how do you do the explosion and the song? I feel like I'm playing... in the sky? Yeah, I feel like I'm playing high school football in Texas right now. Um, Got 10 yards to go, boys. It's fourth down. the last game of the season unless we win right now. You can say anything. You can say that or you can be like, I've got a... Good afternoon, Panthers football. Coach Taylor has a huge game coming up this Friday, and little Matt Saracen will be under center at quarterback. Can he handle the pressure? I don't know. Like... we got a double bacon cheeseburger special <laughs> this Thursday night starting at 7 o'clock. All right. Guys, welcome to the show. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy. If you're Friday Night Lights fans, you're probably really enjoying this. And if you're not, you have no idea what's going on. Um, you don't. You don't. So, guys, uh, this is Action Movie Anatomy on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie-related. I'm your host, Ben Bateman. This is my co-host, co-creator, and co-producer, Mr. Andrew Guy. How are you guys doing today? I am wearing suspenders. Today, yellow, purple, yellow, purple, black. I just I'm colorblind. Actually, yeah. that's the truth. Kind of have like maybe we're going for a Joker thing today a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something clever to say. I, I had nothing. Was um, it intentional? Yeah, I think. So. I mean, you, you asked me if like what I put on today was intentional or the Joker theme. <laughs> did you like black out? Did you, out? Mean to did you black yourself? out and get dressed? I'm not really sure what we're talking about anymore. I had a rough day. <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. Happy to be here. I'm Andrew Guy, and uh, I'm, I'm still recovering. Ben and I were on a movie trivia game yesterday, and I blew it. It's on Screen Junkies. It's, it's called uh, Movie Games of Jimmy Johns, and we. We really were the far superior uh, trivia people in terms of like knowledge, yeah. but uh, we just we just choked hard. We choked. I choked. I and, blew. Con- and congratulations to the guys for beating us. Yeah. Not superior, like we're better than them. Just like I think we knew more about the movies that were in question than they did. Yeah, and it, it just kind of sucks when you have that moment yeah. of just like you just drop the ball. You just straight up drop the. Yeah. Anyway, uh, they won fair and square. They won fair and square. It was the closest game in movie trivia game history, and 
It's not going to be on YouTube. It's only on Screen Junkies exclusive, which is great. That means I can't watch it and it's, just like hate myself. Yeah, Screen Junkies Plus, which Plus, is like they, they have a paywall. So you guys, if you're fans of movie fights, you know Screen Junkies. Uh, they have a whole series of shows. Friend of the show, uh, Roxy Stryer, is actually the host yeah. of TV Fights, which is behind the paywall also. Uh, but anyway, I'm happy to be here. I'm very excited to talk about Deep Water, Deep Water Horizon. I think I've got a great thesis for it. And yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah, let's get straight into it, guys. So uh, Deep Water Horizon came out two weeks ago, directed by Peter Berg, 2016. Um, the, the stuff, the music you were hearing as the show opened was a song called Remember Me as the Time of Day. And the reason it's relevant, uh, if anybody's curious, is that Peter Berg, and we'll talk about this more in his profile, uh, he is most famous for adapting the book Friday Night Lights into first a movie and then a TV show. Um, I would say he's finally surpassing that fame with this string of movie he's, movies he's making. Yeah. I still think he'll forever be best known for that, but like, I think that this series of Wahlberg movies that he's making, they're very popular. Um, but in any case, that is the song that plays in the pilot during like a lot of the... Uh, I was like doing my impression of the, the radio caster who does like the announcements during... Like, that's how the show like starts. Like the morning announcements, right? Or yeah. The, yeah. And, and for those of you that remember that show as I think it was an ABC family show originally, and then it finished on like something like DirecTV... Mm-hmm. Like exclusive or something right, like that. Right, got picked up. I remember for the fifth season. Yeah. Um, for those of you that have never watched the show and just remember it as being like kind of a corny show, that's maybe the best show of all time. It's like in my top three easily. Yeah, I mean, you've been trying to get me to watch it for a long time, and I've only seen the first couple episodes. But the pilot to that show oh, is man. one of the most engaging, captivating. Just like give me more of this. Yeah. And I think that's what translated so well to Peter Berg's films. This dude knows how to tug at your heartstrings yeah. like no one else. I mean, I think him and our boy Gavin O'Connor yeah. have this same kind of feel to their films. Yeah, they, and they're both of them are incredibly adept at using music. Um, yes, which is which is really important. That, yeah, I mean, so I, I just have to jump in again because it's like explosions in the sky and the National are two of my favorite bands of all time. And it's for me both. I'm the same way, largely because of the movies these guys have made. I never, I didn't ever hear of the National until Warrior. And yep. I never heard of Explosions in the Sky. Well, maybe that's not actually true. I think I had heard of Explosions in the Sky before watching Friday Night Lights. Yeah, I'd seen Explosions in the Sky live a couple times, and I was just like, these guys are so cool. And for you guys that don't know, I know this is a movie show, but I'm going to talk about this real quick, is it's like, when you watch them play live, if you listen to the songs, it sounds like a symphony of guitars. And that's essentially what they do, is they yeah. just go on stage and like one guy will kind of start playing like, three notes and he'll just repeat it and then another guy will come and they'll all pile on like five or six guitarists to create these amazing amazing songs so yeah, check them out stuff. Um, so anyway guys uh, if you've never watched it Explosions in the Sky they play the theme song to Friday Night Lights and then they also have like other songs mixed in but that song we opened on is like sort of the quintessential tone of the show it's yeah. sort of melancholy small town Texas football so anyway uh Let's move on to Deepwater Horizon. <laughs> to the movie. Um, so, guys, if you want to follow along, you can find us at AMA Podcast on mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, we've been getting interaction every week, which is a lot of fun. Uh, you guys have been asking great questions. If you want to find me personally, you can follow along at Ben Bateman Media on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Andrew Guy on Twitter and Instagram. Um, they're, like, getting close to the same. They're, Ooh. like, both around 300 Whoa. now. It's getting big. It's getting big. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we have Marissa Serafini in the booth today. She's engineering the show. Welcome back, Marissa. Welcome back, guys. You um, saw this movie, didn't you? I did see this this movie and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a good one. Um, so guys, the movie today is Deepwater Horizon. We cover action movies on the show and those action movies adhere to four basic rules. Aside from being made after 1981, which is a basic rule, um, this movie breaks most of the four. Mother Nature plays by her own rules. <laughs> uh, rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. I, I don't really think that Wahlberg does. I think he's a hero, but like he's 
he's like subservient. He like voices his opinion when he's asked, but like he doesn't. He's not Kurt Russell. He doesn't go in and like. Yeah. No. I mean. I think you're right. I think usually we could always make an argument that the hero plays by his own rules. Yeah. But I think you're 100% right. I mean, Wahlberg just kind of does what he's supposed to. That's the thing, is this is a movie that's based off a true story and a real event. You don't need to make... It just happened. Yeah. You were just at work that day. Two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. Um, If the villain is John Malkovich, the answer is no. If the villain is Mother Nature, the answer is yes, because it's like bigger and can outsmart them. And I guess if you wanted to go with Russell as the star... Which I think you'd have to do. But then again, it's like Wahlberg knew to go back and look for him and save him. If, yeah. like, I think you can fight for it either way. Yeah, so it's a little dicey. I, I don't think that that... Re- it almost qualifies there. Three, the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure. It's definitely not. No, and, it's, or, and they don't work for the man. No. They're hired... They're just they're just like a drill team yeah. hired for oil by BP. By BP. Yeah, there's no way do they... And the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. That one it has in spades. Yes, that one. It, I think it makes up for all the other rules with that. I, th- I, th- I thought it was pretty cool and kind of weird when you criminalize uh, or make someone bad that's like a real thing. You know, like seeing BP as yeah. the bad guy throughout the whole film is like, well, yeah, you have to. You can't just call it like LP, the oil company in this movie. It's a real story. It's just straight up BP. Fuck you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I totally. thought that was pretty cool. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, so guys, that's kind of how the show works. We like to uh, start it off by watching the trailer. Um, this is a modern day trailer for movies like this. The trailers are always good. Yeah. Um, I was really excited when I saw the the trailer and the poster for this movie. Just like we're such fans of Lone Survivor, mm-hmm. um, Wahlberg and Berg and their first you know collaborative true story. Um, and they have a third one coming out soon as well. Actually, what's it called again? Patriots Day. Right, Patriots Day. Um, but uh, yeah, let's cue the trailer up, Marissa. Please, pass. <laughs> give me those eyes. Now you need to give me a fossil. I will. I want to be able to hold it up and say my daddy tames the dinosaurs. That story that she tells is uh, good. Of her presentation, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, she's very good. Largest set piece ever created. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. They they built an oil rig in Louisiana. It's just they're hanging out. It's I thought it was all CG or like you know like green yeah. screen, blue screen, yeah. whatever. It's a function as means to their profit win for all of us. Have a smoke. My fist pump was almost when you first saw John Malkovich. Yeah, I was like, yes. yeah, he's gonna be bad. Got it. He's got a great accent. Yeah, he's showing those. She's gonna flip out. Good man, Mike. I was, I was so expecting that kid's head to get blown off with like something bursting, you know. Yeah, one thing that was really interesting is they, and it's a true story, which is why they did it that way. But if this was not a true story, we would have known every character that was going to die from the beginning. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the biggest thing for me was when it ended, because like. I didn't know a lot about this oil spill other than yeah. like the effects it caused on our environment. But as for the actual explosion, I didn't know only 11 people died. I yeah. thought it was like dozens or maybe yeah, like 100 yeah. or something. I didn't know. The fact that only 11 people died in this is actually incredible. Yeah, with how big it is. I think they literally could have used the Peter Gabriel version of Heroes from the end of Lone Survivor during the trailer. Right. <laughs> Great line. That's a good one. 
I can't do it. I can't do it. The water's the water's on fire. I, like when she was doing that, I was like, yeah. God, that like imagine being on something on fire and then the water, water is on fire. Yeah. And you're just like, ah, what yeah. do I do? So it's a good trailer. It's engaging. It's exciting. Um, yeah. I do sort of wonder though. I do sort of wonder though if I wasn't such a fan of Lone Survivor and I didn't know Berg and I wasn't such a fan of Friday Night Lights. If I saw that trailer, if I would be interested in seeing the movie, you think it's like a little heavy-handed? Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like we we've sort of bought into this style of movie making now because we've done the show for so long. Yeah. So we've really come to appreciate like just accepting and enjoying like heavy-handed cheese if it's done well. Like we we've sort of you know I mean and not to say this movie is heavy-handed or cheesy, but like we've kind of accept that. That's like why we love Tony Scott so much. Yeah, I, I was talking to my cousin about. He was like, "Should I go see Magnificent Seven? I know you guys covered it on your show yeah. last week. And uh, I was like, yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah. a very good movie for yeah. what you're expecting. Yep. It's entertaining. It's not a traditional Western, but it's a fun action movie, blockbuster set in a Western environment. Yeah. That's what you're looking So, like, I've, I think, yeah, I've learned to go into films only expecting to appreciate what they want to accomplish, if yeah. that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, and so I, I do sort of wonder, like, would... Because I know this movie didn't open very well. It, it, it actually did pretty poorly. Yeah, it hasn't yeah. done very well. Um, and it'll this movie will play very well on VOD, and, and I'm sure internationally it'll do well. But they, they spent a lot of money on it, obviously, building the largest set piece ever built. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I do kind of wonder that. So let's let's move into something quick we're going to do. Before we get to the thesis statement, guys, we're going to play a game we, let, we do called the Action Movie Name Game. Um, it's a fun one because if you ask yourself the question without seeing the movie... What is Deepwater Horizon? Mm-hmm. You'll be like, that's like a cool sounding name for something. You'll, yeah, like a drop point. Yeah, like, <laughs> what is Deepwater Horizon? But it's actually just the name of the oil rig in real life. Yep. That's that was the real name of it. So like, which is pretty sweet. It's a sweet name. It's a really sweet yeah. name. <laughs> um, but but if you like didn't if you just saw like title movie Deepwater Horizon, you'd be like, I don't know what that movie's about because I have no idea what Deepwater Horizon is. Right. Um, so, this is what we do, guys. We come up with a couple alternative names. If we were to name the movie something else, uh, what would it be? And so, uh, we, we've come up with one or two each. Uh, yeah, and if you guys are in the live chat, I've got it open for the most part. And at AMA Podcast, let us know what your name game is. I'm going to go first. Find out how deep our greed goes. Wait, in... you're tag no, right I'm now? not. I just, oh. I just wanted to lead it up with that. <laughs> just let me do my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, Would you like to start over? No, it's okay. <laughs> Find how deep our greed goes in the line. It's called. See, it's got a triple entendre. The line. The line. But without the intro and the voice, it's just a movie it's called just the, the line. line. Just the line, man. What does that even mean? It means like, are we crossing the line? <laughs> Is it the kill line? Is it the drill line? Well, Is any it mother me? <laughs> any of those names are better than the line. I'm just the kill line, the, the drill kill, line, the crossing the line. Look, those are all. <laughs> It's not the line. It's a triple entendre, man. It's about this time that a thir- that a third grader was was doing an uppercase L, and he just and forgot, he just to forgot the second part. So he just drew a line. Look, your your title sucks. That's almost as bad as that show they came out with called The Slap. Look, that show was great. <laughs> Zachary okay. Quinto. Have you ever been to a barbecue and a kid pissed you off so bad you hit him? No. Well, wa- do it. And then watch the slap. That show came and went so fast. It was. So, I remember watching a preview. I thought it was a joke <laughs> so for that, SNL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you thought it was a total joke, and then and then it was off air, and you were like, "God, Zachary Quinto! Like, how did they? Like, do they have like pictures of you doing like really awful things that they blackmailed you with? Like, who who's like nephew wrote the script to get this made? He like went from doing heroes to Star Trek to one. Uh, it was something. Oh, uh, American Horror Story, and then it was the slap. Right. And you were just like, what? 
it was like a gigantic drop off. Anyway, it's no, it's no the line. <laughs> okay, but that's those are good. That's a good title. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> I, my 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 couple ideas were oil spill. Yeah, is the, that what your title? No. <laughs> um, okay, one. The cost of greed. Do you think you're better than me? <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> the which, cost of greed. Okay, which is okay. I don't love it. And then I think my favorite, which is the best one, is Heroes on the Horizon. Drops the mic. Deep water horizon. <sighs> it's a double entendre. <laughs> See, I, I think I went too far with three. That's good. I think that's the best one. It's not as good as the line. It's not as good as the line because it can mean so much. <laughs> Heroes on the Horizon is is actually perfect. That yeah. is actually a better name, I think, than what it was called. Yeah, maybe. I mean, Deepwater Horizon is kind of sweeter. It could be like, yeah, I like I like Heroes on the Horizon. Yeah, it's because Deepwater Horizon is like you said. It's just what the thing is called. So, which just happens to be sweet. Yep. Um, guys, okay, we're gonna move to the next part of the show. The next part of the show is something we do called the thesis line. statement. <laughs> it's, it's called the line. <laughs> Uh, we're going to do something called thesis statement, uh, and uh, this is sort of like when you have a big idea, a big thought about the movie, something that's almost rooted in hyperbole, the best this, the greatest this, the only this, the first this, should never be like, you know, Mark Wahlberg's my favorite Wahlberg brother, um, <laughs> which would be really, really a stretch, but yeah, uh, um, but, uh, yeah that's that's kind of how we do this, and we and we sort of hold on to this thought, and we explain it, we defend it all throughout the uh, the episode, so uh, I'm going to, do you want to jump in? or uh, No, go ahead, please. Um I believe that this movie proves that Mark Wahlberg is the greatest modern-day everyman action hero we have. Mark Wahlberg is the greatest everyday, or everyman, everyday everyman action hero that we have. He is. He's he, like the Harrison Ford yes, of now. I believe that. I believe that he's the best we have, and I think that this movie proves it. I agree, and, and I agree for reasons that you can put him in any bad action movie and he's still fun to watch he, like you look at the shooters you look at all the Transformers or I mean, not all of them the yeah. Transformer that he's in and he doesn't ever bother me you know he's, he's just not like shredded or anything anymore he, yeah I mean sometimes he can be he can like, be like Pain and yeah. Pain he was just yoked yeah and he did it in Shooter too. but in this one he was like a normal dude yeah totally yeah. And, and he's just like and we're going to have a segment on the show later, guys. We're going to get into that's actually going to discuss this a little bit more in depth. But uh, that that is my thought. And I, the more I thought about it, I was trying to decide: does this movie prove something? Is this movie the greatest at something? Is it the first of something? But I really believe that watching this and thinking about his now his last like five to ten years of movies, really since he became, because there, and we'll, and we'll talk about that a little bit uh, later in the segment. But really, since he kind of became that age where like he could play, he could play a dad. He was no longer having to play. He was no longer having to play like thirty two, thirty three. Yeah. But he could get away with playing like late thirties. You know, even even like forty. Yeah, he can play early forty, which I thought is funny. I'm I'm sure you saw it in the trivia is when the producers approached him about making the film. Yeah. They're talking about they wanted like a, a good relationship because of the way the book was written uh, about a younger and an older uh, male lead essentially, and he. He's like, okay, cool. He's like, calls up Jack Nicholson, calls up guys he knows. Yeah, and they're like, no, 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 uh, Mark, you're you're playing the older guy. Yeah, we, we need someone younger. And yeah. he was like, holy shit. Yeah, it's crazy. But it's true. I mean, that's it's a great place for him to be. And we we talk about this with so many of these actors that we enjoy their next phase, like Denzel in his sixties, Tom Cruise in his late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. You know, Mark Wahlberg in his late forties. It just brings a new. A new range of characters, and I think when you mature as yeah. an actor, you, I mean, I think you get better. Well, yeah, and it, it just yeah, there's more depth, and that's yeah. that's the reason that I think he's gotten to that point. If you look at the guys in the '90s who who played those roles all the time, the, the Cages and the Willises, you know, mm-hmm. all, all of those guys that we liked so much, I really think that most of those guys they 
the roles that we loved him so much and they were playing guys that were like 40. That was like kind of the yeah, sweet spot. Yeah, I always think that. It's, you, you never like, I mean, not never. Never's not a good u- word to use, but you never, you almost never have that thing where you see a guy in his like early 20s and you're yeah. like, yeah, that guy's awesome. It's always guys in, yeah, like around 40 or like late 30s to early yeah. 40s. Well, what you start to, yeah, because you start to realize, right, that so when you're, when you're 18 or 17, 16, these movies are coming out, you're loving them, you're watching them. 23 is like a full at, full grown ass adult to you. You're like, oh, right. that person's got it. 25, right? You start to get into your late 20s and you're like, what the hell did I know at 22? I'm a child. You, you meet 22 year olds, you're like, I don't think that guy could like save a ship, like a burning ship no. as a hero. Like, no, he has no life experience. Exactly. Yeah, you don't. That guy, yeah, exactly. He, that guy has not done enough for me to believe that he could save anyone. Yeah, I mean, not to say that like 22. Yeah. Yeah, and obviously, like, we have plenty of friends that are 22 that are awesome. It's just like, I think it's funny that that's, that's kind of seems to be what it takes for the world to buy in is that 30 to 40. You have to be kind of close to 40 uh, action yeah. hero. I mean, I think we've talked about this even with relation to our show and you and I getting older and us being more palatable as an audience. Like, who wants to watch two dudes in, that are like 22 talk about action? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it right. just seems like even just us getting a little older, it's just the depth. So, uh, my bold thesis statement is this movie should have been called The Line. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it should have been called The Slap. <laughs> I. I'm kind of scared to say it because it's always it's always intense to say it's the greatest. Yeah, but I do think this is the greatest disaster movie of all time, and the reasons for that being is that it's something that really happened. It's yep. not just like 2012 or the day after tomorrow. It's not all these like what ifs. It's something that actually happened. Right. So there's that. The doc. It's a dockbuster. It's a dockbuster. Yeah, now. and I and I, and I was gonna say it's the greatest dockbuster all the time, but I want to say disaster movie because right. I think it it brings in all the other like twisters and you know and there's been a lot of good ones, but what I love about this one is that you're completely engaged. It's it's heartwarming, heart wrenching. It's real. The guy that was involved and wrote the book, <laughs> what you got going on over there? <laughs> the guy that got involved and wrote the book backs it. He thinks it does a service to what happened. Yep. And it's bringing attention to a thing that was so fucked up yeah. in our something that happened so recently. So I think it's the greatest disaster movie of all time. It's intense. It's awesome. The, the bad guy's mother nature, and it hits on all points for me. Oh, it's John Malkovich. Oh, it's John Malkovich. <laughs> Very profitable end. So uh, yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree that that I, I wonder, like, sort of, if the modern day the, the modern day disaster movie because it seems to be in a different place now. The, the Doc Buster is what it is now. Because there was San Andreas. Yeah, I mean, San Andreas... And, and unfortunately for San Andreas, though it made a lot of money, and I think they're making a second one, um, it just... I didn't hear one thing about that movie that made me want to see it. No, and... And, and I love The Rock. And I love The Rock, and, and it was on TV... Or, like, I have HBO, so it was on the other day, and I, I just kind of turned it on as I was doing something around the house. And I just had no desire to watch. It was, like, in the middle of everything getting destroyed. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. And that's the other thing that I wanted to say, is this movie doesn't bank on the destruction. No. It doesn't at all. No, I mean, if you, if you think about the famous ones, Armageddon and, like, Deep Impact and mm-hmm. Day After Tomorrow, 2012, like, all those movies, it's just... It's about the CG. It really is about the CG, and there's not that much to it. Like, you just... I think, as an audience, most of us burnt out on it. Yeah. So I think the fact that this really did happen 
we did Lone Survivor on the show like I don't know month month and a half ago, and if you go watch Lone Survivor, it's not a disaster movie, but it has the same tone. It's the same kind of thing where you're watching people that really existed go through a traumatic event that was really important. Yeah, it's like the world is against them. Yeah, you know? and it's awesome. It's awesome to watch. So um, yeah, maybe this is the greatest disaster movie of all time. I, I would be curious to know if somebody in the chat thinks there's a better one. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So really quickly, we got Walk the Line. Okay, that's that's not quite. <laughs> The line vertical limit or K two. <laughs> I haven't seen K two or Everest. I saw Everest. How was that? It was, it was decent. It was good. It was, yeah, it was good. It was entertaining. I mean, it it, it, it was better than it was better than vertical limit K two. Was newer. Um, uh, Josh Ryan Sports. He, he's you know he's really good at uh, answering or asking an AMA question of the week. And even though we're not going to have that segment, he did ask a question that I think is worth asking. It was basically, do you think that Peter Berg is the best uh, true story director out there? Right now, uh, right now, I think he is. Yeah, I definitely. think so too. I mean, I, I don't know who else to even throw in that category. But as for Lone Survivor and this film, they're both awesome. Yeah, if you guys, like I said, if you go back and you watch Friday Night Lights, um, that's that's based on a real story. It's based mm-hmm. on a true story. The, the movie is based on a true story, as is the TV show based on the movie. So um, there, there's real value there, and, and I think he he really does get that. So uh, let's move on to the next segment, guys. Uh, we are going to get into fist pump moment. So uh, this is this is like usually the favorite part of the show. This is that part of the show where you're watching. You watch the movie, something happens. You kind of look around. You're like, are you seeing this right now? This is so fucking awesome. Could be anything. Could be your favorite line. Can be like a, a headshot, a kill. The the theme music, the credits, literally anything. A touching look between a father yeah. and a son. The uh, the conversation over a telephone between. Uh, Denzel Washington and John Travolta in the taking of Pella 123. It's a fantastic phone call. Yeah. That's the fist pump in that movie, right? Hands down? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 I took the bribe. I took the bribe. Go watch that movie, guys. Go watch it. It is sweeter <laughs> than I give it credit for. Um, so anyway, guys. Sunshine is kind of a disaster movie. That is true, and I do love that, but it's not the same no. feel. Sunshine, honest to God, we we probably could do Sunshine at some point. We'll on probably the show. fight it on the show just because of how much we love it. And yeah, Boyle. and it's got it's got enough like action and fighting and exciting stuff. So yeah. Um, anyway, guys, uh, fist pump moment. I, I'm gonna jump in first, yeah. and it's so the thing they set up so well in the trailer for this movie, and the reason the trailer works, the reason the movie works, is you know you know the disaster's coming. Mm-hmm. You know that it's building up. Obviously, when the pressure gauges are off, you're like, oh man, it is gonna go yeah. down. And it's and it's so explosive. And like that scene they show in the trailer where he's on the he's on the uh, Skype call with Kate Hudson, and uh, oh the and, yeah, and it all blows up. And like just the amount of pressure that just just wrecks the rig. So it's when Kurt Russell's in the shower. And, oh yeah, and it's like an old—not an old man, but like you know, look a guy who's probably close to sixty. He's grizzled. In a movie. He's grizzled. <laughs> yeah, and like showering, the shower like explodes. It like yeah. yeah, it like explodes into him and throws him to the ground. Old guy on the ground. So when you see him, he's like he's like naked, covered in glass, oh. flames everywhere. He's like temporarily blinded, um, and he like he like looks down at his foot. And he has this huge Giant, piece of shrapnel, gigantic piece of glass. Is it glass or it's shrapnel? It's a glass. It's a piece of. It's just a long piece of glass from oh, a I mirror. It was shrapnel, and it's it's just jammed oh. into his heel. And he like he's like oh, and he pulls it out, and he reaches over to his coveralls. Yep, and he like covered in like blood and glass, like can't even see. Like puts them on and like tries to get up, and it's just like you. Were, I was just watching, and I was just like. I didn't even pump my fist. I like clenched my like, fist. Ugh. I was like, God! Me too, because when he puts the boot on, he's like, God! Yeah. And he lets out a great scream and, oh. I think that was my favorite moment. <sighs> yeah. Man. So I have two, and my first one is right around that moment. It's this. It's about the same time. It might even be the scene right beforehand when 
I think it is. It's it's when all the guys are in the the mud room, yeah, the mud filtering room, and shit's kind of like not cool, you know, down right. there. Things have kind of been blowing up. Dudes are getting thrown around, knocked out. It's getting bad. Yeah, and a guy gets tossed against like a thing, and kind of like he's coming to, and the, and the other guy across the room is like, "We need to get out now." And he's like, what? He's like, we need to get out. And the yeah. whole room just starts explode, like thousands of gallons of yeah. water just rushing in. And just that, seeing that. The power of it. The power of yeah, it was just yeah, like, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Terrifying. Um, that I just love. Because the other thing is, is they use this weird like CG to show you like what's going on. Yeah. And at first it doesn't really hit. At first you're kind of looking at it you're like, okay, I don't know what this is or what's happening. Yeah. But they keep using it over and over and over until you 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 really get a grasp of what's happening every time they show it. You're talking about the mud? I'm talking about the mud and like the the under the line and it going in the ground and like the bubble coming out and yeah. the ground. So like you didn't really under, like at first when the first time they show it, yeah. you don't really know what's up. But I like th- I think unless unless you know what I don't cuz I was I was reading much about this yesterday. It's all practical. Yeah, no, it's, I'm not saying it's not. It's like it's, it was like something like oh. six hundred thousand pounds of of mud were used in the filming. It's all real. The line all the way down was real. I mean, like the, oh, oh the, the, you're talking the underground. Stuff. Yeah, the underground oh, stuff. Oh, That's oh, what I was saying. Oh, Every, got it, got the it. mud and all that. I yeah, yeah, which is which is awesome. Um, totally forgot what I was talking about. Forgot my point. Uh, they were so they were using CG over and over again. Oh, to show oh right, you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I mean, so that the pressure of that exploding, and then my second one, my second fist pump is is when. It's when Russell walks in yeah. after it's blown up and he's just fucked up. Like, yeah. And he walks in the control room with the, the awesome uh, co-captain, the female, the Gina captain. Rodriguez, yeah. Yeah, and then, uh, and then Malkovich is in there and he goes, he goes, who's on board or who's on the bridge? And, uh, you know, the two captains sound yeah. off. And he just knows that Malkovich is there, and he walks up to him. Malkovich yeah. doesn't say doesn't any, say a word. He doesn't say a word, and that yeah. was my like. Yes. One of the things I loved so much about this movie, and we were talking about this during the trailer a little bit, is that if this were Armageddon, if this were a movie like that, like a very entertaining action movie, albeit like we will do it on the show someday. Yeah. But um, a traditional American disaster movie, if it's not based on a true story, who's going to die is very, very, very by the numbers. Like if this yeah. had been a traditional movie, there's no question Russell would have made it out. He's dead. That's that's the that's the easiest most uh, that's the easiest most like impactful death. Russell wouldn't have made it up. He would have died. Yeah, Kurt Russell. So, yeah, Russell, the kid, yeah. and Malkovich, right? Malkovich definitely would have died. Yeah. Kurt Russell definitely would have died. I think the kid might have made it out, but he might have made yeah. it out injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't think you kill the kid. I think you probably kill both the executives. You kill Malkovich. You kill Russell. Um, and I would say like you know at least one maybe of, the captain. Somehow, yeah, no, he wouldn't. He'd be he'd be the guy that lives and is like shamed. Yeah, the guy who like you know like some and, and it would have been like the kind of irrelevant characters that um, the kind of irrelevant characters not irrelevant because it's their real life people. But if this had not been a true story, right? The characters that have less screen time um, that Wahlberg interacts. <laughs> that was with. a good catch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but in the context of a story, if this were not real, yeah, like the characters that have less screen time. So like the guys that Wahlberg interacts with in the hallway or guys that he argues with, they would have all died. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that because in a disaster movie, you, they feel like you need to kill thousands of people to show how monumental yeah. it is. 
they were so effective in showing that in this film with 11 people dying. And most of the people that died are not people that we actually saw very much of. No. Which is impressive. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I just thought they did a great job with that. It made the movie feel a lot more like a legitimate drama than just a kind of by-the-numbers disaster movie, which I think is why it hits so hard. And probably yeah, why it I was think so, so, so solid. Yeah, because anytime you watch any of those other disaster movies, you're, you're always kind of taken out just a step because you're like, eh, yeah, but that never happened. Yeah. You know? I wonder if he really did have that giant piece of glass in his foot. <sighs> Gnarly. So savage. <laughs> um, so, guys, let's get into star profiles. Uh, we are going to start with actually Kurt Russell today because I mm-hmm. think, in the grand scheme of things, Kurt Russell is the longtime bigger star. By now, I think they're kind of evened out. Yeah, if you were to take their entire bodies of work, is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, but I think, like, over, over time, up until probably the last five years, I would have put Russell on the map ahead of Wahlberg. Um, he just isn't working as much now because he's a bit older. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, it's cool to see him. In three movies in 2015, yeah, definitely, you know? definitely. I mean, his his cameo in Furious Seven is like a fun one. Yeah. Um, that that series is becoming the best place for that. That's becoming the best place for like true movie star cameos. Um, something actually I, before we actually get into Russell, a point that I wanted to remember because this is actually really cool, guys. Um, and you, especially as an actor who who is tr- uh, trying to make it, like doing TV and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Gina Rodriguez, who played the cap, the the yeah. ship captain. Um, do you know where she's from? Uh, is it easy? No. Well, She's the lead on Jane the Virgin on CW. And she was the first CW actress ever to receive a Golden Globe nomination for a CW show for Best Actress. I believe really? she, and I believe she won it last year. She won the Golden was Globe she for the, Was she Jane? She's the lead. She's the lead. Okay. And so to see a CW actor uh move over from that to like a very prominent role in a huge blockbuster like a opposite Mark Wahlberg. Right. It's very rare. That's huge. It's not something you're used to seeing. You're not used to seeing your favorite actors from the Vampire Diaries, the Hundred. The hundred. Yeah. These actors, they tend to they tend to stay in TV. Occasionally one breaks out, but it's very rare. You don't see it very often. Yeah, I mean that that first credit, that first crossover is huge. So, I mean, congrats to her and she was great. She's fantastic. She was very good in the she, film. She's really really good. So, that's cool. But anyway, get, getting back to Kurt Russell. He had a big 2015, Hateful Eight, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of those situations where he's a friend of he's a friend of Tarantino, so he gets that lead role probably written for him, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, Bone Tomahawk, which do you know about this movie? Uh, I I do and I don't. I remember when it came out, I'd like read a little bit about it. I don't remember anything about it anymore. Don't think it was theatrical. I think it was straight to video. Uh-huh. Um, it's a gritty, dark, cannibalism western. Yes. And yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but it looked awesome. Yeah, it looks sweet. It's got Matthew Fox from Lost in it uh-huh. in a weird role where he's like some sort of like cowardly like cannibal or something like that. Uh, it's got, I think it's got Richard Harris. Um, I'm pretty sure he's, in, you know, that's who Wait, it is. Richard Harris. No, Richard Harris is dead. Who's the guy, uh, the dad from Step Brothers? Oh, Richard Jenkins. Richard Jenkins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Richard Jenkins, uh, I believe he's in it. It's got uh, Russell, and I think it's got one other pretty relevant actor, but the trailers look fucking sweet. Russell did, uh, he did the uh, the horror movie with uh, the the short, the driving one, right? Oh, 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 you're talking about the, the Tarantino one? The Tarantino one, yeah. Uh, it wasn't a horror movie, but it was but, part of Grindhouse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was uh, uh, Not Too Late in Blacktop. That's what it's based on. Uh, I like Death Proof. Death Proof. I like seeing Russell in these weird movies like that, because I feel like he's so great yeah. in them. He's he's so cool at being, or he's so good at kind of being normal in those crazy worlds. Or if that, I don't, I don't know how yeah. to exactly say it. His role in, uh, in Death Proof, because he does a great John Wayne impression. That's mm-hmm. like one of his famous things. Um, and his role in that movie is like, He's like at a bar and the girls are hanging out drinking and he like pulls he he says something like 
you're all right in my book. And it's like very, he's obviously John Wayne. Right. And then he pulls out a little book and he like writes their name down. It's like weird, but one of those like Tarantino. And then he ends up killing him, right? In the car? Like using his car to kill women? Remember, like, honestly. No, no, yeah. Maybe, maybe. It's been a little while since I watched it. But on the other side of things. Yes. We've got Wahlberg. Um, so Wahlberg, Daddy's Home, 2015, which I saw. And they're um, already making a second one. Which is kind of surprising, because yeah. the first one was just okay. Did you watch it? No. I saw it on an airplane recently. Which one is that? Is that the brother? Oh, it's the, yeah. Wahlberg's okay. like the cool ex-husband. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's like, it's like you know, the only reason that I saw Him it, you Farrell. know, is because I love the other guys so yeah. much. So I was willing to watch it. Um, Ted 2, I didn't watch, but Ted 1's very funny. I've seen like three quarters of Ted 2, and it's it's, it's pretty enjoyable. Um, and then I actually skipped Entourage the movie. I, I was did too. Even though I like the show, I was a huge fan of the show, yeah. but I uh, just didn't watch it. So, um, but uh, this will lead us to a, a couple segments, and I, I think the biggest one here is a new one we're going to be introducing, mm-hmm. and uh, this is something we're going to be calling guys, and we're going to rename this. It's a working title. It's a working title. So, what we want to know, guys, is uh, we need an actor. We need three actors, three action movie actors from you. Yes, one that we believe is classically underrated, one that we all believe is classically overrated. Yep. And one that we believe is properly rated. Now, we think we have the properly rated one already, but we're not going to reveal who it is yet. Oh, God, it's so good. It's Uh, so good. And the segment essentially... Actually, do you want to reveal who it is to kind of give them a gauge to see what we're talking about? Okay, I think that's fair. So, guys, we believe that currently in movies... And this is... We're talking about the guy that is most properly rated. We believe the most properly rated action star is Vin Diesel. And what we mean by that is... When you watch a Furious movie, when you watch Vin Diesel in an action movie, or right when now, Riddick is going to come out, or the new Triple X, like what is it exactly you're expecting? You know exactly what you're getting. Vin Diesel delivers every time. He is not going out there trying to win an Oscar by being in Furious Eight. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to convince you that he is. He's not an art house actor at this point. He tried stuff when he was younger, and he has some movies that he's actually quite good in. Yeah, um, they're like, like dramatic roles. Yeah, he's very good when he tries, but he doesn't want to anymore. It doesn't seem like it. He, he just se- wants to make money and have fun. It seems like it's the it's the it's the transition Cruise made in like the mid two thousands when he was just like, I'm kind of just going to do action movies now, sweet movies that I produce. Yeah, and so with Diesel, like you watch a Diesel movie, you walk out satisfied. I have enjoyed every single Fast Furious movie for the last four years, absolutely, and he is a linchpin part of the franchise and anything he does I'm never going in there being like oh well Vin didn't really pull through in the performance no. I wanted no absolutely no. not and another thing about these guys that we're using is like uh, one thing is I like Vin Diesel being on the list because Vin Diesel's a cool dude he's a cool dude we've heard about uh, our buddy who's worked on the, the Furious movies and he's worked with I mean the dude's been in the industry for probably longer than I've been alive he's a total asshole but he's also awesome Vin? no oh, oh, our oh, buddy oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Adi, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's awesome he's an yeah. asshole he's awesome he's just like us <laughs> yeah yeah but uh he he'll tell you he, without it without uh, yeah. uh, a filter yeah. how he really feels about anyone on those films and he says everyone on that cast in the Furious thing uh, the whole franchise is awesome are awesome yeah absolutely I, I've met Vin he's a very very nice dude very cool um, very chill mellowed out so uh, we believe that if you're in the conversation of an actor underrated overrated or improperly rated which we eventually want to call something something Diesel yeah or like something Diesel something yeah. Uh, we believe he is the best example of the properly rated action hero. So what we need to know from you guys is who's who's the actor that's underrated, who's the actor that's overrated. But without further ado, we're going to get into our first rendition of underrated, overrated, properly rated, and it's going to be discussing Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Where, where he exists in the consciousness. Maria, Marissa, have you been following along with the, with the conversation? I have. <laughs> Do you have an opinion right off the bat? Do you think Mark Wahlberg, as an actor, is underrated, overrated, or properly rated? I think he's properly rated because I've actually seen a lot of his action movies, and he hasn't disappointed me yet. So I think he does 
very well. He delivers every single performance. Would you agree that Vin Diesel is properly rated as an action hero? Absolutely, and I've met him as well, and he's pretty cool. Pretty there cool dude. So, I'm going to start out by saying that I actually think, and this this relates back to my thesis, that he's the greatest everyman action hero we have. I think Wahlberg's underrated. You think he's underrated? I think Wahlberg's legitimately <coughs> underrated, because I think about the way that I've perceived Wahlberg and his career for a while now, and... I just think, like, that dude, he nails it. Like, Lone Survivor is not great because of Wahlberg, mm-hmm. but but how many guys can you put in the Wahlberg role in that movie that carry it? How many guys can you put in the Wahlberg role in this movie that carry it? You, you need a certain kind of guy that just, he has it. He has, like, this machismo, but he's not, like, threatening. He does kind of seem like a regular dude. He's capable of being shredded. He's capable of being regular. He's kind of got the Boston thing. Right. He seems to be in on the joke. He's good at making fun of himself. He was Marky Mark in the Funky Bunch. Like, you know what? I was going to sit here and try to take... Because Marissa said properly. You said under. And I was going to go over because that's just good TV right there. Yeah. That's just good TV. But I think the point you made at the very end is... I can't just do it to do it for entertainment. Yeah. He is properly rated. I think he's properly rated and I think he's underrated too. And I think when you say that... I'm gonna like if I had to pick one, I'm gonna go properly rated. Okay. But the reason I'm not gonna go overrated is because you're so right. He's so good at making fun of himself yeah. and not taking himself seriously that I think it takes a pretty badass dude to do that. It takes a talented actor and it takes a humble person to do that. And that, I think that's what a lot of people kind of hated about Mark Wahlberg when he first started acting. Yeah. It's like, Marky Mark. Oh, gross. I thought we yeah. left him back in the '80s or you know the early '90s or whatever. Um, yeah. I think he's totally properly rated, and I and I love Mark Wahlberg. I don't ever go into anything, and I'm just like what I said with Vin is I don't ever go into anything expecting Mark, Mark Wahlberg to do more. Right, and then when he does, like for instance in Boogie Night, Boogie Nights, you're just like holy shit, this guy can really do it. Yeah, he, he really can do it. What's great about Wahlberg's like, and and we'll we'll keep this relatively brief because we have uh, quite a bit to cover still. But uh, if you think about Wahlberg, all right, like he got roles. Going back as far as the mid '90s, like had a few roles in like the early to mid '90s, mm-hmm. and then he pops up in Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights is 1998, I believe. Um, is it? Yeah, it's '98, right? Because '98 so. only is 2000. And he's great in Boogie Nights, but he's great in Boogie Nights for a lot of reasons that he's not great now. It's they're yeah. they're totally different. He's great in Boogie Nights because he's directed to be kind of like this whiny little bitch. Like he's hot shot, hot head. Yeah, and he's great at it. He does a great job with the mm-hmm. role. It's it's one of my ten favorite movies ever made, and, and he, it's it is my favorite Wahlberg role. Yeah, and then if I think about his the next stretch of his career, this is where things got sort of weird, and people I think weren't convinced that he was going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. This is why I say in the last five or six is really when he cemented his star. Yeah, because the next stretch of Wahlberg career is when he was making like Planet of the Apes, The Perfect Storm, he the was Italian just, Job, The Big Hit. Which it's like this. Yeah. You know, Italian Job and Perfect Storm are like up here. The other two are kind of down here. It's He was just trying to do the crossover. You know, he was trying to stay relevant in film. If you think about like starting with like I remember seeing him in I Heart Huckabees, which is like a oh, weird... Yeah. Which I really like. I it's like a that movie, movie a lot. Um, and he's good in I Heart Huckabees. He's very entertaining. It, it was like one of the first times that I was used to seeing him do that like really overly kind of intense and very endearing uh, kind of like making fun of himself guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's great in that. You think about a couple years later, he's in The Departed. I was going to say, I, he's actually really good in The Departed. Really he's good. such a shithead yeah. in The Departed, but... I think literally just to the last moment when he kills Matt Damon, there's something so redeeming about it. Totally. You know, and it, I love him in that movie. That movie's great. The Departed, I mean, 
I, if you've never seen the other guys, we've talked about it on here a lot of Just times. Go watch that it. movie's fucking hilarious. It's so good. And he's great in it. It's so fun to watch Mark Wahlberg be the crazy and Will Ferrell be the straight. Yeah. In that. yeah so, guys, I, I really think that he is underrated. I think Mark Wahlberg, and he may he may be, well, there's no agreement here on underrated, so I don't know if we can use him as the, as the underrated actor for the example, yeah. but it's a thought. Um, so, tweet in your ideas at AMA Podcast. If you think that there is somebody... Is Tom Cruise underrated? Is Tom Cruise overrated? Who who are who are the people? We would never use him as the overrated. We actor. can't. Yeah, we can't do that. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not in our contract. Uh, moving on, guys. We're going to get into production development. I think we're going to try to speed through this a little bit because we have a bit of stuff to get through. How do we talk for so long? I don't know. We got excited. <laughs> um, so, as we said, the, the most relevant thing about this is this was the largest, I mean, coined as the largest set piece ever built. It's an right. actual oil rig. I don't think it's fully functioning in terms of like its ability to drill, right? But like all the screens, everything like that was all stuff that was working. Um, it's insane. If you if you watch the behind the scenes, you'll see it's like the, almost everything's practical. They're running, yeah. they're running around. Like there's a shot in the B roll where where Wahlberg's like. Yeah, so Pete Berg's like, uh, Mark, I need to let you on fire today. And he's like, I don't think this is a good idea. And it like, shows the clip of Wahlberg being like lit on fire and running around. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. And then he's on. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, we talk about this so much. And I think, thank God for, for Mad Max coming out. Yeah. It was one of those things kind of like, you know what? Quit being so lazy. Yeah. Get your shit together and make real fantastic movies with great stunts and explosions and do it real. Yeah. Because that's better. Totally. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, it, it just—it was a gigantic, expensive movie with an, with an awesome, awesome set built. And if you do look up some stuff, you can find some behind the scenes stuff that's very cool. I'm um, talking about the writers and the directors. Um, Matthew Michael Carnahan and Matthew Sand are the credited writers for mm-hmm. the script. There are two other writers that were credited in the uh, for the short story, which is David Rode and Stephanie Saul. Right. The article that was, that was written about this whole thing that went down. Yeah, it's a New York Times article, mm-hmm. um, and that's what it's that's what it's ultimately based on. So uh, Matthew Michael Carnahan is the brother. Of Joe Carnahan. Joe Carnahan is a famous writer and director who directed Narc, The Gray, mm, Smoke and Aces. Mm-hmm. Um, has been writing Bad Boys Three. I like Smoke and Aces with our friend Anthony who wrote Warrior. Yeah, uh, Carnahan is working with him on Bad Boys Three. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, and uh, Anthony's also working on Karate Kid. Can't wait. Yeah, it's sweet. <laughs> um, and uh, and then on the other side you have Matthew Sand, who uh, is, is like three or four credits. Nothing super yeah, notable. Yeah, it's pretty so. pretty new. Um, I never saw Smoke and Aces to answer your really? comment. Yeah, Chris or not Chris Evans, Chris Pine is sweet in it. Um, it's just a fun, stupid throwaway action. I feel like now, like from what you said earlier, and why we watch movies, yeah. the way and how we watch them now, I think you'd enjoy it uh, more than you would have before because it was super overrated when it came out. Cool. Yeah, Matthew Michael Carnahan, <clears throat> big big credits. Uh, World War Z, State of Play, The Kingdom. Um, obviously, he worked on The Kingdom with Peter Berg, who directed this. Uh, moving on to Peter Berg. Um, Berg is a very interesting guy. Yeah, he's got a weird, he's got a cool little career. Moved here from New York in 85. Wanted to be an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, got into production. Was a PA. Worked on a bunch of stuff. Ended up writing and directing the film Very Bad Things in 1998, which is like a bunch of like like Jeremy Piven and like Christian Slater. Um, it's like sort of a screwball comedy in Vegas. I think they have to bury a stripper or something like that. <laughs> okay. I think they kill a hooker or something. I can't remember what it is, but that was like his thing. And uh, he's most known for being the second cousin of H.G. Bissinger, who wrote Friday Night Lights. Do you know that? I did not know that. His cousin wrote the book. So that's probably why he, he adapted exactly. it. That makes so much sense. It's so funny. You look at Peter Burke, because he, he has a quick cameo in the movie. Yeah. And uh, 
I feel like I've known him as an actor more than anything, totally. and he's always kind of like a shithead. You he's know, in, he's in Collateral. He's the yeah. He's like the captain or whatever. He's on the team with with Ruffalo. Like right. He's just like in a bunch of stuff. I remember seeing him, and then because when I went to go see this movie, I went and saw it last week uh, by myself. Yeah. And I went to a, a midday showing, and I th- I thought I was gonna be all alone. Yeah. And one other guy comes in in the last minute. And I was like, oh my god, what if that's Peter Berg? <laughs> I just like thought. I don't know why. So I like I left and I like, looked up Peter Berg and I was like, oh my god, that's Peter Berg? Like, I, I, for some reason I didn't have his face with his name. Yeah. But it wasn't him. Uh, it was me- him. Medical marijuana cards are legal in California, just for the record. <laughs> uh, um, so, uh... <laughs> Um, I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> so, but yeah, so Berg came out here as a PA, and he just started rising up and like talk about a weird career of things. Mm-hmm. I mean, so he he wrote and directed uh, Friday Night Lights, the movie, then became an executive producer and developed the show, then went on from the show to do like The Kingdom, Battleship, Hancock, like bad movies. Yeah, but like although w- Hancock made so much money, and The Kingdom's like mediocre. It's not bad. Yeah, it's it was uh, it was at that time when all of those movies were coming out, like that time period of movies. Yeah, Battleship's like pr- very bad. Lone Survivor's awesome. Yep. Patriots Day is his next one, and that's also with Wahlberg, and it's about a, a police officer um, at the Boston Marathon bombings. Yeah, so um, I don't see how that couldn't be another one of these, just like good and heart wrenching. And the, the trailer's already out. I, this, I was watching a YouTube video this morning, and it queued up as the trailer for it. They're already advertised. How'd you feel? Well, it looks sweet, but yeah. I, I think that must mean that it's coming out at Christmas. Do you think that <laughs> he's if he keeps on this trajectory and keeps doing these films, over, like if he hits? You know, deep water, and then he does the Boston bombing, and the next thing yeah. is, you know, what's the, like, is he going to oversaturate yes, himself? Definitely. It's going to get tired. I'm surprised the Patriots Day is coming out as soon as it is. That's, I, I can't believe that. It feels like people are going to burn out. Yeah, it should be next year. Yeah, it easily should be next year, like next <clears> Christmas. <throat> um, so, anyway, guys, that uh, that is Peter Berg. And then the, and then the producers on this Lorenzo Di Bonaventura, Mark Wahlberg, who produces everything. Like, his, his, in, yeah. like his list of credits as a producer are larger than as an actor. Yeah, when you go to his IMDb page, it's producer first. Unbelievable. And then David Womark. And uh, Womark has produced. Produced a bunch of big stuff, action adventure stuff. Yeah, the poor, the poor Angley Hulk. Yeah, but then he also ended up working on Life of Pi, which was pretty well received. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, but uh, Lorenzo Di Bonaventura is a big deal. He was in the '90s as an executive at Warner Brothers, and eventually became the president of Worldwide Production. So uh, his big claims to fame while there: prestige worldwide, worldwide, black gloves, um, <laughs> discovering the Matrix, putting into production, and also purchasing the rights to the Harry Potter franchise are two of his credits there. So that's, that's pretty big pretty stuff. Pretty much all you need. Um, but yeah, every Transformers movie, including five that's coming out and six and seven that have both been announced, um, I believe he's attached. He also did Shooter. Four Brothers was his second film with Wahlberg that he ever produced. Yeah, that movie's a, It's okay, but he's yeah. done four movies with Wahlberg. But then he also has, uh, on his announced credits, uh, Die Hard Year One, the prequel. Oh, right. He'll be producing that. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, so we'll move right on to a Critical and Box Office here. Kind of a flop, honestly. So it was produced by Lionsgate Summit. It cost $110 million to make. It was released on the 30th of September. And it only grossed thirty nine million worldwide, or I mean domestic, and twenty seven million worldwide for a grand total of sixty seven million. So it, it's still almost at like half of its budget. Yeah. And uh, it opened at number two behind Miss Peregrine's School for Peculiar Children, which I'm interested in seeing actually. Me too. Uh, it made eight more eight million more dollars than um, than Deepwater. Yeah, you're a big fan, Marissa. Yes. Her was sweet. I did too. I just. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I was actually kind of surprised. Um, Are they making more than one, though? Did I hear that? There's nothing in the works yet, but it's based off of a trilogy. Yeah, off a of trilogy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, this made me happy, though. So, critically, it's got a 7.6 on IMDb, which has yeah. got to be one of the highest for a disaster movie, you know? Yeah. Um, and then critic uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, we got all top and audience scores at 83, 80, and 88. It follows our little rule of the audience being the highest, and any movie that's all in the 80s is just, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great. And and uh, there's there has been a lot of talk, Oscar talk about this movie. Okay, so for Oscar talk, it's got to be all, like, well, it'll win. It'll win like two or three technical awards. I'm almost technical, sure. Yeah, exactly. The sound editing, the practical effects—they're all very impressive. So I would ex- I would expect this movie to get nominated for like six Oscars, five Oscars, something like that. And it, most most all of them be technical. Sound editing, sound mixing, practical effects, something like that. Perhaps maybe screenplay. Um, the the acting nominations. Adapted, yeah. It would be it would be Russell or Wahlberg that they would probably. Yeah, and I I honestly think it would be Russell. It'd be Russell. Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking he might get a supporting. I had heard from people that maybe Wahlberg was going to get a lead on this. It would seem strange to me. He's, he's, he seems like too much of a stretch. He's very good, but not like like not like go see that movie because Mark, Mark Wahlberg blows me away good. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember who it was in the chat. They were just saying, I don't go see movies because, because of Mark Wahlberg, but I see all of his movies. 100%. You know, yeah, and I can, that's a very, very good way to put it. So I'm going to let you read Ty Burr because you like Ty Burr. You were telling me a story and then I cut you off yeah, before yeah. the show started. If you want to read Amy Nicholson first, I'll, I'll finish with Ty Burr. If you want to read Ty Burr, no. <laughs> uh, so Amy Nicholson from MTV wrote, Berg and Wahlberg were among the first to realize you could make big money in Hollywood's fastest growing niche, the Dockbuster, which spins a recent disaster into a bombastic action flick. And the reason that I picked that is because I've never heard Dockbuster before. Yeah. And I think that this is... I mean, it's just that's just a perfect review. It is. It's a growing niche. This one hits it right on the head. And I feel like with the sec- this next one, I, I think it, it won't. I mean, obviously, financially, this movie didn't do well either. But I think if then... Uh, what's it again? Called again? Patriot's Day? Yeah. If that... I mean, I just... You know? Like, then it's going to miss. Then it's going to be a Dockbuster that just flops. Unless it's actually just fucking Amazing, awesome. I guess. <laughs> Which it might be. I mean, what what's interesting is that, you know... I think what happens sometimes in Hollywood is that a trend gets spotted and multiple studios and production companies buy up the scripts and go into production on these films not really thinking about the fact that like we're working on six things all at once and then three converge and three get release dates for whatever reasons kind of close to each other Mm -hmm. and it really may be that they do these three movies together maybe even one more and we look back on it kind of like we look back on The Rock, Con Air and Face Off. Uh, it could be. Like, be sweet. You know, like, it was a very, very specific period in Cage's career where all of the movies are very entertaining. They all have similarities. Mm-hmm. And it only lasted a few years. And he kind of then went into a different direction. That always happens with, with uh, disaster movies as well. You know, like 2012 yeah. and, and, like, the Twisters and the, the Volcanoes and Dante's Peaks, yeah. you know. So, we'll, we'll see. So, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Ty Burr is a, a writer for the Boston Globe. And I remember when I was in Seattle before I moved here back in, like, 2006, 7, 8. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to come across his reviews on sometimes on Rotten Tomatoes. And I always really liked his writing. I always thought he was great. And uh, so he, what he writes here is it'll take decades for the 210 million gallons of oil spilled by the Deepwater Horizon to be absorbed back into the environment. It only took Hollywood six years to rework disaster into entertainment. Now, I'm assuming he means this disaster into entertainment, not, not the disaster movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the actual oil spill disaster. Yeah. Um, That's why I pulled it. So It's kind of critical. It's sort, it, it seems to be sort of backhanded. Like, it, it doesn't seem uh, appreciative of the movie, which... But the thing is, like, it, it doesn't. I don't know. It's 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 a toss up, right? Because when, for instance, World Trade Center came out, mm-hmm. it was still too soon. It was too soon, and it was it was that was yeah. It when was nobody, just in bad taste. Nobody wanted to see that movie. I mean, you're, I feel like now I'm, you're starting to see 
documentaries and things coming out about 9-11 that are a little bit more like... I heard, was it United 93 was yeah, pretty good? it's fantastic. It's very good, yeah. But United it was still soon, right? It was soon, but United 93 also is is not about... It's about the day bef- of the day of and the plane, it's, right? It's the one plane. It's right, the one the, plane that didn't hit anything. Right, right. And it's, it's the story on that plane leading up to it and everything. And you obviously... You know, 9-11 happens during, but mm-hmm. it's not, like, on the ground and things like that. Right. It's a totally different take. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, it's a toss-up. I, I, I really like this movie. It doesn't... It didn't feel like it was too soon to me, but I can absolutely understand here. It does feel a little in bad taste, especially... I can see... I mean, if you were related to this, if you had a family member die or something like that, or... Um, yeah, I mean, I can it's, see how that would be... Yeah, it's tough, man. It, it is really tough, because this waited six years since this happened, you know? And that's a long time. Um... It is and it isn't, and I was reading that uh, Gulf workers in Mexico were saying, or in the Gulf of Mexico were saying that this movie was kind of ridiculous and it was it was not paying tribute to what had happened, but the guy that wrote the book and was on set yeah. every day making sure things were accurate loves it. Mike and, Williams, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Mike Williams, the guy that, yeah, the writer, and, and, and the fact that he thinks that this is accurate and he was there and, and that it pays homage to these people that sacrificed their lives for something that was a horrible accident. I I honestly I side with him. He yeah. was there, he experienced it, and he wrote about it, so I'm going to stick with his opinion. Cool. Um, we are going to move on, guys, to the next segment. So uh, we normally do a segment called Favorite Line, which is pretty self-explanatory. and We've never skipped it. But... We've never skipped it. So today we're just going to kind of go through one or two. This is almost like Fist Pump Moments Part 2, because when you see a movie in theaters for the first time, sometimes certain lines really stick out to you. When we saw Magnificent Seven, there was a few that were like really cool. Mm-hmm. This movie, it just doesn't... It had a few moments, but it didn't really have a lot of lines that jumped out at me. Yeah, and then even then, it's like you hear a sweet line, and you don't want to be the asshole on your phone writing down a line in the middle of a disaster movie. And in, in the middle of a great scene. That yeah. was the thing, is this movie was it's like a pretty, it's a pretty emotional film, and I, I found myself pretty engaged, so... I, I, I legitimately teared up a few times in this yeah, film. Yeah, I, I think, you know, some of the ones, the one they show in the trailer when they're jumping off the off the thing and he looks at Gina Rodriguez and he says something like I will see my wife and daughter yeah. again you understand me like, that was pretty cool that's a good one yeah I like the uh, I like what, what does he say when he goes back to her real quick he's like what, what kind of transmission yeah, you did? he just grabs like, her and throws her yeah, off like that sweet. it's just cool because I like that he's just I'm not giving up on you yeah, I'm right. not doing it um, other lines that were good are just kind of like any of the shit between Russell and Malkovich just yeah. kind of like throwing jabs sweet yeah I, I also really liked um I really liked the John Malkovich monologue to Wahlberg that he's giving. He's like, "We all work together here, yeah, to to make." Uh, it's just like, "It's a, every a moving part has to be functioning as a means to a very profitable end for all of us." Yeah, and like he, I liked Malkovich a lot. I actually did too. I and he I, was a good character. I love that he can go so weird and yeah. wild, and it's always cool. Yeah. It's always fine. I did love when uh, after they have their little exchange, they're the, in when he gives that monologue, and. Uh, and he's on his way, and Mark, Mark Wahlberg's like a fucking asshole. He just yeah. says, like, as soon as he leaves, he's yeah. a piece of shit, or whatever he said. I just laughed. Which is, which is sort of weird, too, because, like, he comes down to talk to him, and I was, like, sort of unsure why. Like, I was kind of like, it It didn't seem like an asshole thing to do. He kind of, I wasn't sure. Was he going to fire him? Did he come down to just hear what he had to say? Like, it's like one of those things, like, it's like a patronizing, just you need to just see things our way you know one of those yeah. things and it's like no fuck you dude I know exactly what you're trying to do I'm not going to risk the lives of all these people yeah you know so I, I just thought that was a really cool scene between the two of them yeah yeah trying to maybe get to, to Russell so moving on guys we have one more segment to do uh, and this segment is going to be top three 
smoking hot movie wives, and this is not about how hot they are, it's just yes. how much we love them. So we're just going to kind of rifle through this because I think Andrew and I pretty clearly have one that is shared on our list. Yeah, so this is the wife that you, you as a viewer, you're just in love with her. She could be hot, she could just be awesome and badass. I'm going to jump in first with mine. It's the wife from Deadpool. Oh yeah, she she's is great. So hot, she's so awesome. She takes a sam or a, one of his swords and stabs the bad yeah. guy to save him. Like, yeah. I'm just all in. What's that actress's name, uh, Marissa? What's that actress's name again? I'll have to look it up. The brunette. I actually didn't see Deadpool. I literally I looked it up yesterday because I just I was watching it again. I forgot. She, yeah, she's she was in something else that was like very very relevant. Yeah, um, it was like a big TV show or something. Yeah, yeah. I just can't think what it is. Um, um, she's she's but anyway, she's beautiful and a badass. So. I'm gonna I will jump in with uh, with my number uh, my number one or it's not like my strongest, but uh, Carla from The Rock, um, <laughs> his his wife. Um, Carla was the prom queen. <laughs> Who's Carla? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Winners. Winners do their best. Losers go home and whine about the... What is he yeah, goes, what is he, uh, yeah, losers always whine about trying their best. Winners, Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. Girl, what's the prom queen? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay, so my second one is going to be Arwen from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, yeah. She gives up eternal life with her people to stay on Earth and live forever after her husband dies. The even star. Yep. Yeah, she's pretty she's great. beautiful. She's wonderful. Um, I will go uh, with my number two is going to be, uh, and this is actually off off script because it's not uh, it's not movie it's TV. Really, but I think it's because it's because of Peter Berg. Oh, and it's I Tammy, know who it is. It's Tammy Taylor from it's Friday Night Lights. Tammy Taylor. It's Con- it's Connie Britton. And guys, again, if you've ever watched the show, you know she's just the greatest. She's the, she's just the fucking greatest. She um, the two of the, the the parents in that TV show are amazing. Yeah, unbelievable. It's like the best couple of all time. Uh, what was it, Marissa? Is it uh, Marina Baccarin? Yes, yes, that's her name. She's smoking. I don't know what she's uh, what she's from. Okay, and so our number one is it's it's no question. She we always talk about her. Yeah, it's Miss Jennifer Morrison in Warrior. Ah, when right at the end when the final tap happens and they pan over to her and she puts yes. her hands up, she's cheering. She's ah, when she uh, when she finally gets the text, it, yeah. like, her phone goes off and she's like, <gasps> she's like okay, okay, she like has to type. Oh, and then the best the, the best scene. It's in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah. I thought we agreed we were going to raise our family, our, our children in a house where our father didn't get beat up for a living. And she's like, crouched down. And yeah. her under, oh, it's just like... She's just great. It's not even sexy. It's just, you're like, I want to marry that woman. Yeah, she's just excellent. Yeah. She's loyal. She's wonderful. Can Those, I add one? Oh, yeah, please. Of course. Because I actually enjoy the segment. Um, I'd have to say Adrian... Oh, oh yeah, that's Rocky, yeah. Thank, maybe maybe the most important. Ever. Probably the best. Thank you so much for saying. I was sitting there like all day yesterday and today trying to think of like who is someone I'm just missing. Marissa with the ringer right there. With the ringer. <laughs> uh, so guys, that's that's uh, hot movie wives. We are going to move past ranking. We still have not gotten you guys an updated list, and uh, we do promise to do that at some <sighs> point. Uh, the conversation of AMA question of the day. We didn't have one today because we did properly rated, underrated, or Vin Diesel. Right. We kind of um, threw Josh Ryan's in there real quick, but oh yeah. wait, no, Vin Diesel's not overrated. He is properly rated. <laughs> He's ro- rated perfectly. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, we are gonna we are gonna move through to. Action movie categories. This is another one that I think, just like last week, is kind of it's kind of pointless because it's something that happened. Yeah, it's obviously this is totally legitimate. I don't yeah. think we have to like even really get to get to that. So the, no. the last and final thing is something we like to call the pitch. <laughs> I'm getting better at that. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, do we have any idea what we're pitching? I really don't. So we uh, because we have a couple things coming up. Yes. So, so the accountant would be the obvious one. 
But there we are was working. no friends and family screener that we were supposed to originally go to yesterday or the day before. Um, and we're working on booking Gavin in here for the episode, yes. uh, which would not be until November. Um, also, we have a couple others in the works that are not looking until November, December. We have Jack Reacher 2, yep. but that's not for another few weeks. So we actually have an open week next week that we thought we were going to be doing something else. We could just do a throwback, like an old school. Yeah, we'd have something to think. Sweet. We'd have to think about like what it is. So I think, guys, we're actually not going to pitch a movie right now this second. Um, if you have an idea that you think would be totally awesome and relevant, like something we just need to do right now, yeah, something we just missed somehow. Yeah, throw it out there at AMA Podcast. Find us on Twitter and let us know. Um, not in the comments because that will go away. That's going to go away real rhythm. soon. Yes, please do uh, not. And uh, find us at AMA Podcast. Tweet and let us know what you think because perhaps you'll inspire us to, to choose the movie for next week and we'll give you credit if you do. Yeah. Um, if you want to follow either one of us, you can find me personally at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, you guys can find me at Andrew Guy. And I just wanted to say something really quick about Gavin coming on. Um, not only is the dude just awesome and he's so busy and so successful, he makes great films. Go back and watch our Warrior episode because oh, yeah. Ben and I... We love doing this show, but that episode was special to us for very, very many reasons. And Gavin and Anthony, it's it's not often you meet someone of that status and caliber yeah. to act that awesome and just be humble. And you really see who he is and like the labor of love that goes into all of his work. So I'd say watch that before even going and seeing The Accountant and Warrior and just kind of get a, gra- like a grasp of who, who he, he is. is. Yeah, yeah he, he's been saying in a lot of the press that he's been asked about for Warrior. He, he uh, in a press conference last week, dropped the news that they are working on developing Warrior 2. Um, Love it. Which is awesome. Uh, it hasn't re- revealed any plot deals publicly yet. But, uh, ben and I might know a few, yeah. <laughs> but we'll never tell. But he's uh, he has gone on record numerous times as saying that uh, Warrior is the most personal film he's ever directed, the, his favorite, the closest film to him. And uh, he really shares that on the show. And, and yeah. there's just some awesome moments. So if you guys love that movie and you've never watched... Um, that episode go find it at AMA Podcast the Warrior episode is just is awesome so thanks for tuning in guys Marissa thank you so much we'll see you guys next week take care from producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro Phil Svitek and the entire Popcorn Talk Network we would like to thank you for tuning in for questions or comments be sure to visit popcorntalk.com I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.